ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Busted Hatter Podcast. I am Chris, a.k.a. Not the Fake Webby, and I'm joined, as always, by Hal, a.k.a. Halbertius, a.k.a. Jake with a robe and no undershirt at the moment. <laughs> Dude, the robes are the way to go. It's hot as hell in this room. Uh, you know, it's, it's funnier watching you uh, in the same room, watching you read off the screen... I don't have the intro, but you're very clearly reading the intro off a screen I in am, your brain. Yeah, exactly. There's a teleprompter <laughs> scrolling past your eyebrows or eyelids. Just like... I get it in order every single time. <laughs> you just... I'm anchor really, man just with my it's, mind. It's really funny that you didn't like close your eyes and remember it or anything. You stared straight ahead, like past the universe <laughs> to the teleprompter in your brain <laughs> to do the intro. I was looking at the atoms in front of us and I could <laughs> see the words written on it. Oh, well, that's, a, that's my favorite part. Yeah. Uh, apologies if there's a bit more noise in this one. It's it's harder to... Uh, well, there's sand in this beer. Uh, it's harder... <laughs> on this beer, I should say. Not you. Okay. Uh, it's, harder, it's harder to... Um, uh, uh, sound edit when we're together and there's like a fan kind of sort of in the background i'm hoping i can clear it out but jake takes very high pride in how good our podcast sounds we don't get paid for this lame this podcast is i should really <laughs> uh my takes anyways yeah sure all right a lot of news to cover today a lot of catching up to do there's uh, been a lot that's happened since we talked last all of it has happened since yeah. we talked last really everything the, the entire last year was about happened yeah in the last about days. a year's worth of news and about Four days, pretty much. It's the 29th now, so... So we have God, a week to my catch up. God, was the draft that long ago? The draft 23rd. was... 23rd, my God. Days, five? I don't know. Feels like yesterday. It does. It feels like time has stopped. All right, so we're going to go through, starting off with a list of transactions. The first one that I am going to go on uh, happened on June 22nd, which is Kojo... Exercises player option. <laughs> yeah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> As expected, moving on. Um, after that, the Pistons have finally made the much-anticipated Jeremy Grant trade. So, originally we sent him to Portland. All that was in return at the time was a 2025 uh, first-round draft pick from the Bucks, as well as a, what was it, we traded second-round picks with the... We swapped seconds. Trailblazers, which I don't mm-hmm. know what draft pick we originally had. 36 and 46. Yeah, but I don't know who's... That wasn't our pick, though. No. No, you're right. I don't know <laughs> whose pick it was. I don't care. I have no no idea at all. I think we got the Pelicans second round pick, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Oh, no, we got... Excuse me. We got the 2026, 2026 second round pick, most favorable between the Trailblazers and the Pelicans. Yes. Likely in the... Uh, C.J. McCollum trade. Yes, and then we we swapped what was the Nets pick to Portland, according to Tankathon. And it is now on the Nuggets. <laughs> that's that's what happens on draft day. Anyway, you know how I felt about the Jeremy trade. I mean, how was you? You were not uh, quite as ecstatic as so <laughs> most people either, were you? I was not in. I know that there's been a lot that's happened since then, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it as well. But even with that considered, I'm still kind of confused as to what was going on with this trade. We Essentially, all we got for Jeremy was a pretty much going to be a second-round pick. Like, the Bucks pick in 2025, unless Giannis, like, loses a leg, is going to be a very good pick. Or going to be a very bad pick. It's going to be a very high pick. Yeah. That's not great return for someone like Jeremy Grant, which... 
I know that Pistons fans were definitely a little bit high on him, but the pick three years down the road that's going to be in the high 20s is not great return. Well, we I, and we talked about it, right? Jeremy's value was like the 13, 14, 15 pick range. That's probably where you would put it. The only reason seven was being talked about was because it was Portland and they had like these special circumstances about how they their things were going to be valued. Um, and it was pretty clear that Portland had wanted Jeremy since the trade yeah, deadline last year. But, but it was just like, everyone was like, ah, everyone thought the Pistons fans were crazy because they thought it was worth the first. No, that's not how this worked. Uh, I just want to say that out loud in defense of all the Pistons fans because it wasn't the generic seven pick. Nobody was trying to trade Jeremy for like the Kings pick next year. Everyone would have thought that was crazy. It was that it was Portland in this weird draft where nobody knew what Portland was going to pick, yeah. etc. Regardless, I still think this is a weird trade. I went into it in my piece that I put out a couple days ago now. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> booklet. Only only like 10,000 words, and there's another 2,000 on Procida coming at some point. Uh, but you didn't have to do this trade to do yep. any of the shit they've done so far. Like, exactly. yes, technically, this is the biggest thing. Technically, the Duran thing needed that 2025 pick, but like that's extremely minimal value going out in that pick. Like, you could have given up two or three seconds and gotten that. Like, yep. New York isn't really trying. They, they wanted to get off the cap. Um, Which that trade, <laughs> I feel like, made even less sense. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll get into that in a second. But, like, yep. just, just for the record, I still don't think this is good value for Jeremy. Uh, I don't think that they needed to do this when they did it. Um, you know, because to date, uh, we've got a dozen things to talk about here. To date, they haven't really used what they gained in this trade. Like, they didn't need the cap space they got for it, etc. So, mm-hmm. just a little weird still, um, you and, know. And I know a lot of people talk about how the, you know, the trade with the Knicks later on that got us uh, Duran was very crucial and should be considered with this Jeremy Grant trade. But that being said, like, if the Pistons still had their first-round pick and it wasn't protected up till 2027 or whatever it is, like, we could have just made that, made one of our picks tradable to send there. We didn't need to get this first-round pick from the Well, I mean, we, we could have traded that pick regardless. Which we could have. But I'm saying, like... It's, if, it's just the, the point is, uh, like, the week overall has been a, a big, like, a major coup for... for mm-hmm. Troy Weaver. This is not yeah. crazy value for Jeremy. Even with what they did with it, still not crazy value for Jeremy. I think all the ah master plan wonderfully executed. Like you gotta wait for the next step. It's like well, you... <laughs> here's the crazy thing. Okay, here's here's the really insane thing. What happens if Charlotte just decides they like Jalen Duran? <laughs> like what? They seriously, like him more what, than Mark Williams. What happens if the Knicks are like, ooh, the twenty twenty five first round pick is not enough. We'd rather just have Duran. Like, guess what? All of you are pissed at Troy still. Maybe you get Aiton in the offseason. Yeah. You're still the, not getting value out of this. Like, that's 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 what I don't really get. Is like, it's still weird timing, low value for Jeremy, and uh, it carried this risk of, like, what happens if the next move isn't the move you, you're planning on. And, like, I, I said on Twitter, like, Troy Weaver has done some shit that if he were a Kings GM... We would be mocking him relentlessly for it. And a lot of people are like, ha, 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 you know, don't you feel bad now that we got Durant? I'm like, no, 
Because those guys all thought they could get during or whatever the equivalent was too, right? The Suns broke their team to try and get um, LaMarcus Aldridge and like suffered for like three years for it. Like mm-hmm. if you That was think, the Isaiah Thomas trade where they sent him to the Celtics, right? Or am I thinking too far back? I think that's think so. that. Like, they, like, just we have a history of <coughs> of GMs thinking that they can play the market and getting played. Troy has been pretty good about this, but like Troy last year spent a second rounder to just get off of Mason Plumley. It's not because Mason Plumley didn't have value; it's because he wanted pure cap space to sign Kelly Olynyk. Those two part trades, like at least he knew that one was going, like where that was going, yeah. tampering. Uh, but like. Those two part trades, like there, there are risks and consequences, and like, it's really hard to look at that and say yes, you're getting straight value for it. Yeah, I don't think. Well, my thing is, if the trade was announced all in one, that Jeremy was getting shipped out to Portland, and that we were getting Duran as the pick, would you be less upset with the trade then, or would you still have the same bit of like anger if it was all announced as one trade at the same time? As opposed to Jeremy being traded the day prior to the draft, and then the next day it's like, oh well, this pick ends up getting sent over. No, if it, if it was if it was Duran and uh, you know two second picks, two second rounders, or se- or a second rounder swap, whatever, the, whatever yeah. it ended up being for Jeremy, I'd be like, that's that's good value. Hmm. It's the process that I have questions about. Yeah, um, you know, and the and the 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 reason this looks good is we'll get on to it. The Knicks trade. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what... Unfathomable bad value for New York. We want to just move to that. We'll talk about, obviously, the other pick that happened in we, between we a can, minute, Yeah, we can talk about the prospects in a minute, but just from a trade perspective. like <laughs> What what are the Knicks and the Hornets doing? You, you, gave, you gave up, like, the 23rd pick, maybe, in 2025. Like, that's generous. At best, like, like. Like, you're giving up maybe, maybe a low 20s pick for 13? <laughs> and nine million dollars in a in a pretty good draft too. Like, like like just just for for the perspective for people getting off like Russell Westbrook money, the price in the past for that kind of like get, giving up a max player is like two first round picks, but it's usually it's from a player or from a team that's bad or that's good in like in yeah, a contending. It's, it's so never a lottery pick, It'll right? Be so two, it's, but it's, it's like usually like late 20s. it's usually like picks that end up being like eighteen and twenty six. Yeah. To take on like thirty-five million dollars, mm-hmm. to get thirteen for nine million. Yeah, like, that's the other thing. It's nine. It's, it's not like he was on a thirty million dollars. No, we're it's not talking nine about million. We're not talking about John Wall. We're not talking about Russell Westbrook. We're talking about Kimba Walker on a nine million dollar one year contract. Like I'm, I don't know that there were teams out there that would have just like taken him on for nine million and like just. I to, was after we had made the trade and it wasn't yet official. I'm like, could we possibly ship Kimba off to like? The Lakers and get Russ in a pick back, like well, yeah, I, like just, the salary isn't in a bad spot, and it's one of those things where it's like you get to the trade deadline, and all of a sudden Kemba is a tradable contract for someone decent. You pair him with an asset, you can get someone. Like, honestly, could you just sign and trade him for uh, Jalen Brunson? Like, <laughs> honestly, it's just it's just like whatever the Knicks are doing, it's weird. Now the Knicks did get like a massive haul for Usman Dieng earlier, yeah. which was just a weird. That, trade for for the Thunder? That was just <laughs> Leon Rose or whoever runs the next being like, I know what I can do to piss, piss uh, Presti off and make sure he gets right. this trade. But they traded, what, four second rounders for that, I think? Was there a first what in there? Four what? To get the 13th? To get Dern, to give him to... It was, I think, four first or first, four second round. 
four second rounders and the what was it the Wizards and, it, and the Pistons? No, yeah, it was it was, it was, it, was, a bunch of weird it, was shit. it was like four second rounders and I, the Pistons twenty twenty three slash the one that's going to be that's going to convey way in the future. Yeah. So like they gave up a haul to get Duran to give him away. Yeah. Insane huh? stuff on the next. So like yeah, Troy looks really good on the balance of the whole Jeremy trade, assuming you count them together, which I don't, again, I don't know that you have to do, but like, even if you do, that's more because the Knicks are fucking insane than because, like, not that I don't want to give Troy credit, because again, home run. Yeah. Just like, this isn't a home run you can plan for. Yeah. This is well, much like his uh, his first pick of the night. It's just (laughs) dumb luck. I I don't know how much he knew this was available going in, uh, there were rumblings all over the place that the Hornets were willing to take that pick. The Hornets loved Mark Williams, is what I understood. But just like, holy shit, to get it from the Hornets to the Knicks to fleece the Knicks owner. You know, the Knicks gave up all the assets in this. Yeah. That's the insane. Baffling. I don't understand. My mind to get off $9 million on Kemba, who's not like he's washed, but I mean, he could still play a couple minutes. Like, we're paying Kojo, what, six? Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> I just, I, it's it's just one of those things that's baffling. I don't understand it. Kudos to Troy for pulling it off. I just, I am a little nervous that like he keeps wheeling and dealing, and this is the first trade. Well, I take it back. Even though I don't like Marvin Bagley, the Bagley trade was a pretty clear yeah. value win. None of the other trades well, that we'll, he's, he's made. We'll see at the end of this week if we still think that. Prior to this, <laughs> were trades where I thought Troy won a value battle mm-hmm. uh i guess let's just stay on trades we'll get to the prospects here in a minute but let's yep. stay on the trades we got one more next trade to talk about and this <laughs> one makes a little more or, sense or shall, shall we go to the options first to cr- cr- uh chronologically they happen first right so real quick how yep. option gets picked up uh everyone else that's on an option basically gets cut so carson yep. edwards luca garza frank jackson are the three big names um yep well jamarco <laughs> pickett names. is is no longer it was really uh, an option. They just didn't decide to run right. back on a two-way. He's no longer two-way. And the two-ways, as of right now, are Braxton Key and Buddy Behan. which, for the full love of God, what the fuck? Uh, that <laughs> is just that, that is such a clear fate. Well, you remember Weaver was a Syracuse yes, guy. I know. So, like, this is just such a clear favor. Like, why? To like, I get that that's a favor, but, like, why? Yeah, I, he has no value to me. Even <laughs> if he shoots 50% from three, he has, like, no value to me. Um... Okay, then we get to the the stuff that hits yesterday. Yes, this one officially went through yesterday, I believe. I don't know if it's actually gone through, gone through, which I don't know if it's official, official yet. It's on spot track, so I'm assuming it's gone through. <laughs> they usually wait a hot minute. So, um, so for this trade, the let's see, oh hold on, Oops, I just went away from the page. It's written up there. Yes, but I don't want to read up there. <laughs> so uh, Detroit acquires the New Orleans Noel and Alec Burks, as well as a 2023 second round pick. And a 2024 second round pick that is top 55 protected. Yeah, that one's way bullshit. Yeah, so that one's imaginary. Um, and then $6 million, which is definitely going to the Kemba buyout fund. Correct. Uh, and they gave up. Nothing. Yeah. To be determined is what it says. So maybe which something? James Edwards has reported nothing. And I didn't know you could not trade. I knew you could do anything. it when you have, when you're under the cap. As long as you could fit it into the cap. I that, just didn't, I didn't realize know. that was the thing. Like, because normally that's where the top 55 protected <laughs> picks come in. It's like, well, we just gave this over. It's well, nothing. Like but... Pick swap or whatever the heck. That doesn't really matter. So that I didn't realize you could do that. 
Uh, that's kind of weird. But so the Pistons take on about twenty million dollars in, in money for the I Knicks. Think, I think the Pistons have had this before. When we got Marcus Morris, I think, in that weird sums deal, I don't think we traded a pick back in that. I could be wrong. I don't think we Did traded. We just. I think because that was Granger, Bullock, and Morris, yeah. plus like a second rounder. Yeah, I know. It was. Or it might have been like two second rounders. One of them was the imaginary second rounder. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't remember that trade. That was like the first offseason I remember like really cluing in. I don't have a great memory for the exact details, but I anyway. take that back. <laughs> oh, was this? No, this was okay. This was the 2020 uh, second round pick. I think we traded out in that one. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Either way, one of the best trade wins ever for the franchise. Just like Reggie Bullock plus Marcus Morris for nothing. While we're going through old trades, I really love... I'm just scrolling up back through it. We traded uh, Darren Hilliard to the Rockets. I think that was in the Chris Paul? Yes. Like, Bonanza? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Detroit acquires cash. Cash money, babe. Yeah. We, we took a bunch of money for that. Because they needed just, like, an extra, like... Like five hundred thousand yeah, dollars or something to like, like make the margins work. Yeah, <laughs> and we were going to cut Hilliard anyways. So yeah, all right. Um, I so so far the reporting is that both Burks and Noel will stay on the roster. I think mm-hmm. this just makes like a lot of sense. This is another just really clear win for Troy Weaver. Obviously acquiring two players he intends to be on the roster, and like both of them could very well start. Yeah, and. Um. This also, is Dwayne Casey. I'd be shocked if at least Burks didn't start. Well, like, Noel makes a lot more sense as a starter than Isaiah Stewart, unless Isaiah Stewart's shooting is really real. Yep. Uh, now, mind you, Nerlens is going to be hurt for 90% of the year, but when he does play, and, well, <laughs> him and, and Kelly can split time on IR. Um, you know, he just, like, uh, how do I put this? He makes sense. It's also one of those things where it's really, <coughs> it's really easy to see him start just because he's like the veteran. And like, also someone who could be a potential trade asset come trade deadline? Probably next year, I think. I think they're more likely oh, okay. to get traded in the summer. I don't know. It sounded like the Clippers had a lot of interest in him, especially with the Hartstein. Their center. They got a Hartenstein. I forget yeah. to say his name. But he's got apparently a lot of value this offseason. Don't know why. He's good. He's good, but. It he's seems good. like the, he's going to get a weird deal. Um, There's always one center deal that's like, what the fuck? Like, who, what, why? Yeah. I think it's going to be that deal. So these guys, they make upcoming free agency interesting because now the Pistons, like, their two biggest holes on the roster were kind of sort of center. Mm-hmm. Like, depending on whether or not you thought, you know, we'll get into Duran in a minute, but whether or not you really thought Duran was ready for 18 plus minutes a night. Uh, and whether or not Kelly is a center and whether or not Bagley is a center, like that, that all factors into that. And then just kind of like general wing depth. So mm-hmm. they get their one wing right now. May, like the only real roster hole is like maybe the four, like having a say, bigger wing. I would say the four is definitely the one roster hole right now, but that's also the roster hole that like, if they fill might be too good to tank. Yeah, true. <laughs> so I'm kind of hoping they don't fill it. Unfortunately, um, I think that's going to be the hole that Marvin Bagley fits back into. Well, and he's always been a four. He's I know. Never, he's never been a five. I want him to be a five, though. Well, he's fucking terrible at the five. He's also terrible at the four. But yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Do we need to get into the, the prospects? Do you want to talk about Jaden Ivey? Jalen Duran? I said last night. So, obviously, I put out several thousand words on Jaden Ivey. Yeah, I think you're done talking about it. <laughs> uh, well, it's not even that. It's like, 
I said it last night. I, for that whole piece, went purely off my pre-draft scout. And, like, I went on Instat and I watched a couple of, like, his shots so that I could get clips of, like, some of the mechanical things. I have not watched any Ivy tape, like, any actual Ivy tape since we drafted him because I am afraid of the hype. I'm afraid <laughs> of how excited I will get. Summer League isn't for a couple weeks yet. I am, like, un- I-, I will be uncontrollable. Like, yeah. I downloaded 2K last night. Uh, I'm going to get irresponsible at some point in the next couple weeks. Like, we got the 4th of July vacation. I got four days off work, and only one of those days is actually, like, locked in. I got something to do because we're hanging out for a barbecue. That's it. That's the only plans I have. I might spend, like, sim nine seasons. (laughs) It's like, I might get irresponsible. Uh, First of all, shout out to the Kings. Yes. (laughs) Before we say anything else, thank you (laughs) to the Kings for being the Kings. I want to say that since the lottery came out, since that day, after my initial like disappointment of falling in the lottery, I was like, "Oh, we're behind the Kings. The Kings are going to kick." It's just like it and was I just said, like, "Thank God them. it wasn't the like the Pelicans or the Spurs yeah. that jumped." Thank God it was the Kings. And I was literally like, the day like once the shock wore off, I'm like, "The Kings are going to Kings, and they're going to draft Keegan Murray. I just, know what's going to happen. Just manifest, and we're going to get Jaden Ivey. It, it happened. <laughs> ah, it felt." The whole the whole day, like we watched the draft together, and you're sitting there screaming, and like inside, inside Jake <laughs> is just going bananas, and I can't I can't emote the whole day. <laughs> not. I'm just like staring at the screen. We're yeah. listening to uh, uh, the the Bad Boys team did their their draft broadcast, which was way better than the actual draft broadcast. Shout so out to better. those guys. Um, you guys killed it, but uh, uh, just like. Locked up inside because yeah. I did not know how to react to the fact that like all of my worst fears did not come true for for one one day. I was terrified of this, and uh, we survived for one blissful second. We were just ecstatic, and then the trade rumors started. <laughs> yeah, and then it, and then it was then like it was, the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, almost immediately. We we got what two picks? Like it was like pick seven. Yeah, and then we were like, mm, people are calling about Ivy, and it's like, no, yeah. fuck off. And Respect, then, respectfully, eat shit and die. Uh, yeah. Just, just absolutely not. And then it's the Duran trade, and there was the most stressful part of the entire night was, oh my god, we just traded. Ivy we actually for made a Durant. trade, and the Knicks were like the one that was repeatedly talked about of going after Ivy. I swear to God, if we traded <laughs> Jaden Ivy, I would have been irate. Just, just like locked, locked up. Just, just my entire like intestinal tract wrapped around my spine like a seventy mile an hour F one crash. Just like the worst. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I ever. shit out a couple diamonds at the end of the night. <laughs> That's was, what it felt like. It was crazy, uh, and and then we somehow landed Duran in a trade that I still don't understand. We've talked about. It. I, I still don't get it. I uh, Ivy was not my favorite partner for Cade. Like, he's not a pick-and-roll You're partner. saying in this draft or just in general? In both. Okay. Like, I think, I think I've said before, the ideal, like, Cade partner is whatever the idealized version of Killian Hayes is, right? Like, it's a guy that takes pressure off of him defensively, hits, you know, spot-up threes, and, like, is able to create for himself. Ivy will definitely do the self-creation bit. Like, mm-hmm. him and Cade will be a lot more take-turnsy. Then Cade 100%. and like like the ideal Cade partner to me is like um, oh my god on on Memphis and on the Jazz Conley Conley oh, 
Like, that's the ideal partner. Just, like, a guy that does everything at a B-plus level and can, like, occasionally just click and take over games. Like, the prime Mike Conley we had for a few years there where he probably should have been an all-star and wasn't is kind of, like, the ideal partner. Yeah. Ivy will be a partner, and there's, like, there's a potential for him to be, like, this to be, like, a LeBron-Wade situation, right? Where, like, you have the a real thunder-lightning kind of deal, um, but it's definitely not going to be as like synergistic a partnership. It's going to very much be one of them initiates over here, the other's on the other side of the floor, and when somebody creates an advantage, the other takes advantage. I don't fully agree with that, because I feel like both of them will be more than decent off the ball. And I feel like Ivy is someone that I've got the pleasure of being able to watch in person, and he just moves at an unbelievable speed. It It's something I don't think really shows up unless you're kind of in person and see him just, like, I'm going to get right past you. Like the Jimmy Butler. Oh, trust me. Like, I've, I've seen Ivy. I'm going to get past you. <laughs> I'm going to get this layup. And you know what he can also do? He can do that off ball. And he didn't really have a lot of chances to do that on Purdue. Although, um, who the big guy who's not the big, big guy. Trevion Williams. Trevion Williams. He did a great job of, I feel like, finding Ivy on a couple oh, different He's a times. brilliant passer. Yeah. He's a great passer for a big man. I don't understand how he's going to work in the NBA because he's just a weird player and doesn't play great defense. So much fun. Yeah, he was so much fun to watch. And one of those things where it's like, if Purdue just had one of those big guys, I think it would have been so much better. But they put the both in the court at the same time, and it was just, it was hard for Ivy to feel like to move off ball a little Zach bit more. Zach Udy definitely exists. He exists in, <laughs> he exists in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, I. so the thing about Ivy, right, is like the, the good thing, is that at Purdue, and largely for his career, he's been a secondary guy. Like, he's never been a primary point guard. So, like, Purdue uh, routinely had him come up off, like, a floppy set, just come sprinting out of the corner for a handoff slash, you know, catch-and-shoot three. Like, those are kind of actions he will get in Detroit opposite Cade. What I worry about is, like, if he's not in transition, if he's in the half court, how much, you know, like, Cade is very much the kind of guy sits up at the top of the key, calls for a screen, you know, kind of just, like, does that thing where he's in a triple threat and he, like, jabs one way yeah, and jabs the other and he kind of, like, gets your help defender to sneak over a little bit and Cade gives you the eyes and gets you to cut back door. Like, Cade knows how to do all that, which means that Ivy playing off of him, probably going to be pretty success- um, successful as long as the shot translates. Yeah. Which is... And we know the athleticism is going to translate. Like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like... I'm not worried about that. I am a little worried about the shot. I, I don't think it's, like, bad. I am, But, yeah. like, the difference between him being a 35% volume shooter and a 39% volume shooter is pretty big. You know, if he doesn't have shooting, like, gravity, and he's just, like, he hits shots, that's a big difference in, in kind of the ceiling of his effect on a team. But Yeah, that is definitely, I would say, the shot is the one thing that I'm not necessarily worried about, but I don't foresee him at the moment being a top three-point shooter. And that's something that... Like I said, it doesn't concern me, but it's not good. It's like he could very downsides. easily come in and have a Killian Hayes thing where it's like, oh, shit, he, like, the mechanics just don't translate very well, and he needs some work. And for the first two or three years of his career, he's shooting 29% from three. That's a very real possibility. I don't, I don't think it's a – I feel like he's still going to be probably, at minimum, like, low 30s. Like, I don't, I don't know if he'll ever be, like, the 40% knockdown three-point shooter, but I still feel like he'll be a – 
passable three-point shooter, at least to start in the league. Uh, I, there, there are issues. I mean, I don't want to sugarcoat it because I, I, I'm really excited, but, like, there are real issues. But my, my bigger question is, when it's Ivy creating for Cade, what does that look like? You know, is is there actually a synergistic, you know, they're playing at pace? Like, we've seen, even, even though Killian isn't, like, a brilliant offensive player, right? Um, or at least a brilliant scorer, which kind of limits him. We've seen, like, the way that those two, like, pass and move together. They see the floor so well. And, like, the offense immediately hits a set, a, another gear in the half court, right? The half court offense sees a pace change when they're in. I don't know if you're going to see that with Ivy. Now you're definitely going to see the transition stuff yeah. run, right? What happens in the half court? What happens, you know, if you were to thrust them in the playoffs right now, what kind of two-person actions are you getting off of them? And that's what I don't really know. I don't know that Ivy has it yet. Um, I mean, I, this I is think why he, he's a rookie. This is well, why. Absolutely. He's got a lot of different uh, different vectors to, to develop. Um, and, again, I'm really excited. I just don't know what it's going to be yet. I don't know what the Pistons see it as yet. Um, you know, one of the things is right now he's not a guy that I trust defensively to just, like, earn minutes. Um so there's definitely a lot of questions about about the fit, but like again, I'm more one of the most insane athletes you will ever see. Yeah, I'm more concerned defensively how the fit is between Ivy and Cade. I feel like it can work well, but I think just like having Killian with Cade just makes so much more sense defensively because of how good of a defender Killian is. Ivy, I'm a he's not as disciplined. To, like I don't he, know if I want him to take work. the main ball handler. It's it's like he has some some. Uh, issues uh, from an attentiveness standpoint, but like Ivy also just has like a lot of fundamentally bad techniques getting over screens. Like he's not your point of attack defender. And like I like Cade as like a nail defender, um, you know, being a help defender, making rotations. He's good at that. I don't know as much about Cade having to be a primary defender. And right now, if I need to win a game, I'm going to be asking Cade to defend, you know, the the best perimeter player because that's who he has to defend because Ivy can't do it. And that's a, a problem for the time being. So still yeah. super, 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 super out. Like this is, this is the negative side. Cause I think we, we want to be honest about things and not like set ourselves up for too much hype, but a huge win <laughs> to, to have him fall to you at five, a phenomenal windfall to draft him and not, He's going to be so much fun. Ben Matherin. Ivy's the kind of guy, right, where he has so much potential that even if it's a little bit of a struggle for the first two or three years, like, people still haven't given up on Hamadou Diallo. And, like, I trust Ivy to come out and show three times more right away. And that athleticism is just going to give you development vectors basically until you get older and you don't have it anymore. Yeah. Okay. So, speaking of athletes. (laughs) Where the heck are we at right now? Uh, Durant. Oh, uh, I guess I guess we get to talk about. Forget. I guess I guess we get to talk about the fact that the Pistons just drafted the youngest player in the draft, who like looks like just absolutely cut and like he's chiseled like like Mount Rushmore. He's like skinny Isaiah Stewart. Like Isaiah is just like tall way, Isaiah like Isaiah is way square and wider and beefier. But like you're putting that very nicely. Why uh, he is. Uh, like, Duran's just a little slimmer, not actually that much taller. Like, Duran, I don't think he measured officially. Um, when you see Duran in the air touching his wrist on, like, the top of the square, he seems a bit taller. Yeah, well, <laughs> Call yeah. me biased. I mean, seven foot, five wingspan, and, like, 
he's listed at 6'11". I think he's probably like 6'9 and a half, 6'10". You know, so he's like an inch, inch or two taller, but not like four inches. Like, a lot of people are like, he's seven foot with a 7'8 wingspan. Like, just making up bullshit numbers at the beginning of the year. <laughs> he's not that. He is a freak athlete, though. Just, just, I, I, you said it. He's, he's, he's jumping, getting blocks with his wrist very clearly above the square. Yeah. This is just one of the craziest, most explosive vertical leapers. Uh, as a role threat, just makes everyone else on the team obsolete. Sorry, Marvin Bagley. <laughs> uh, your role has been filled, uh, literally. You need to tell that to Trey. Um, and, like, I was, you know, he's 18, right? He, he, will, he will play NBA games while he is 18 years old. For the Pistons, assuming he doesn't start that in the G League, but like, hopefully that's not that's not rush doing here. Like he is more than likely going to make his Pistons official debut at 18. He doesn't turn 19 until like November. November 18. November. Look at you on the spot. Uh, <laughs> I have my Tankathon page on the correct so, <laughs> so crazy young, already super athletic, can probably get a little bulkier still. Uh, can definitely put on a little more weight. You know, you want to be responsible, but like very clearly just like NBA body. I was really surprised going through the tape. Um, just how much I I actually did like him defensively in weird ways. Mm. Like his drop defense is still a mess. That's not like he's 18 years old, right? He's, he's an 18 year old big. Most big men are terrible at drop defense until they're like 28. Also, mm did he get the best coaching, would we say? No, no. Uh, whatever Penny is doing in Memphis, it ain't really cohesively coaching his players. He now, does, he did have a little bit of Sheed. He had a, he had a couple months of Sheed, so I can't say it was she, all. Sheed left, like, halfway through. But, yeah. And, like, Penny did eventually get them playing well. Like, they made a, a decent run yeah, of the tournament. The but eight or nine or something like that. It took, like, Penny still doesn't seem to know that Imani Bates isn't a point guard. By the way, Amani going to Eastern. He's so going he, to the green and white school based in Michigan. Yeah. Let's not look any further into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just like the 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 skinny guy who has a bad first year of college and then goes to Eastern and is a known as a crazy good scorer. Uh, I'm not calling you the Ice, ice Man. Ice. <laughs> it's just we're gonna call him the Melt. That's what I'm gonna call him. <laughs> Young Melt. So, something. I don't. I don't know. I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be mean. Just it's such a terrible. Weird, honestly, it's a weird, uh, weird situation for for Imani Bates, who, by the way, stop calling him the number one player in the class. He was the number one player in his class when he was like a freshman. Yeah, he was like a sophomore, and that was it. Like kind of Jalen Duran was the number one player in his actual class. Uh, yeah, Duran is Duran was the number one player for next year. And then mm-hmm. reclassed into this year. Ah, Shaden Sharp right. became the number one player for next year's class and reclassed into this year. Uh, and now the number one player for next year's class. I don't know who the number one like high school player is. It's Wemby. We don't have to talk about this. It's Victor Wembanyama. He's the number one player in the next year's class. If I'm looking at 24-7 right, it is Nick Smith. Combo guard committed to Arkansas. Wow, he actually got the number one. Huh? Yep. I'm not as big on Nick Smith as I am <laughs> on some of the other guys. That's Two, fine. three, four, all, all Duke players. Yes, correct. <laughs> And then, like, seven or eight is Whitmore, who's at uh, Villanova, which is really fun. Uh, ten. Ten? He, ten? He slid all the way to ten, huh? That's what you get. That's punishment for going to We Villanova. were watching some of his highlights earlier. <laughs> he's good. He's good. He'll be, like, the eighth pick in next year's draft, and he's, like, awesome. He's, like, what A.J. Griffin is supposed to be. It's fun. 
for the record, 24-7 has Chet 1, Paolo 2, Sharp 3, Jaden Hardy 4, and then Duran 5. Yeah, they changed those after the fact. It's fine. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Um, the, 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 where, where was I even going with this? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, Memphis, Penny, uh, coaching cohesion, weird. Uh, yeah. just the, the way they play defense, weird. The one thing I really like from Durham, closeouts are awesome. Yeah. Not something, I I, not this. something I expected at all from, you know, your, your six eleven, uh, like 250 pound guy, but like closes very consistently to a complete stop in front of shooters, contests with length, absorbs them as they drive past him, has that thing, I talked about it a lot in my piece, where he he, uh, he chases from behind, and like it's like a three-quarter post coverage, except like no. on a drive, and just like, just like slowly pushes you a little wide of the lane, you know, just stays connected, and then you think, oh, well, he's on my back, I'll go up for a layup, and then he eats your shit alive. <laughs> and then um, he is an absolute monster. Like there's gonna be like I like I said like Chris Paul types are gonna like punish him early for that, but it's also just one of those things that like uh, Time Lord did for the Celtics to like Steph Curry, and you can just be like oh yeah no that definitely translates to like playoff basketball like you yep. need to be good at like all the base defenses, but if he gets switched out on like he's gonna scare some people I think because he will probably let you go by. <laughs> Like I'm gonna be watching his film. Like Jesus, you gotta you gotta play more defense, man. And then he's gonna just like chase people down. You're just gonna have to like get used to it. As this like lion comes out of nowhere, mauls people. Yeah. Uh, really fun. Just such an obvious fit on the team too. <laughs> a, a, a huge point of need. Uh, Jalen Duran comes in, can be your drop center, can maybe do a little bit of switching. Uh, and oh by the way, a ludicrously good roll threat. Great mm-hmm. hands. Great catch radius, explosive, can explode in small spaces as well as like sprint down like open lanes, and also a short roll passer. Something yeah. that I hope we see more like structured stuff from him because again, Penny Memphis <laughs> did not use him like that at all. Almost everything he did as a short roll passer at Memphis was an accident, but still, uh, like clearly has vision, clearly maps the court when he's short roll passing. Really excited about that because that's something that Stu is only so so at. Kelly Olenek is pretty good. Yeah. Bagley's not. So just like. <laughs> Bagley just, is NA. <laughs> he's not bad. He's just like not good at it. Um, yeah. I, I would say Bagley's like a C minus at it, which is like NBA average for big men. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Duran projects is like a real plus there. And if you have a guy that can like get you out of trap situations as a short roll passer, that's a big comfort for Cade because for a while there last year Cade was like oh I'm being trapped my outlet is Isaiah I don't trust Isaiah so I'm going to like try and make the 35 foot skip to the opposite corner and like it was the wrong read to make because he wasn't trusting his teammates all the, all that much and I think Duran will give him somebody he trusts so I'm, I'm really excited about that side of his game yeah long term I think that was a knocking the pick out of the park yeah and this is like I don't think he and Stu are going to play together much. We've said this before. Neither you or I really I see Stu as a four. Please, but they no. do form like a great like bench starter combo. Yeah. Like there, there, there's enough differentiation. I don't know that Jalen's going to shoot for a long time. He's got a lot of things funky with his shot. Uh, really good with his size. I don't expect him and his ability. I don't think he will really 
ever need to shoot. I'm sure he'll he, he, Unlike, unlike Stu, he has other tools. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he like, need it, if point. you need a popping big, Stu should be able to give that to you. If you need a switch big, Stu can give that to you. If you need to put both in for some rebounding, you can do that. Like, obviously, the Pistons, right now, they have Nerlens Noel, they have Kelly Olynyk, they have Marvin Bagley. So there's a lot of guys in this rotation. There's going to be a lot of really weird pairings. Some of them may be weird on purpose because I am pretty sure they're going to tank again this year as much as they get away they can get away with. Yeah, I think um, the uh, trades that we have made in the past weeks definitely indicate that the tank is not done yet. And like, Which makes sense. It's fine. We, we can talk about this maybe later and just kind of expectations for the, the year, but like, this team is going to be really fun, and also like I kind of expect them to have like an egregious number of turnovers all the time. Like <laughs> Ivy and Cade both turnover prone as they try and figure things out. Right? Mm-hmm. If Duran starts doing short roll passing, like Duran averaged like four turnovers a game last year, because again Memphis was a mess offensively, <laughs> and they would and, like he's not a post threat, so they throw it down to him in the post, and then he'd get it stripped, and like all sorts of things. This team is young; they're going to turn the ball over. Um, you know, they, they're probably going to be better than they were last year. They're definitely going to be more fun than they were last year. They might not win more than 27 games. And again, uh, next year's draft is obscene. It's incredible. Yep. Uh, you know, like having the eighth, stop talking about right, it. having the eighth pick in next year's draft is going to be a massive win. So it's not a problem if you're bad this year. Uh, just like... Just because we got talent doesn't necessarily mean it translates to like skill and synergy right away. So just, I guess we got to be careful with that. But I, I am so excited for for Durant. I'm so excited for Ivy. I'm so excited for what they look like in 2025. Yep. I, I'm so excited to see how they fit alongside Cade, and I think Sadiq still fits perfectly in that. Killian can work with that with the people that we drafted. Stu, we talked about, could even work with like. Everyone still fits together, and it all makes sense, and it's cohesive, and it's beautiful. No, well, yeah, those guys all fit together. There's there's questions about several other players on this roster. They're not here long term. <laughs> um, I guess we should mention uh, Gabriela Prosita. 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 Okay. Uh, we'll we'll ignore Webster's finger things. He's he's being Italian. Uh, I'm just trying to say it correctly. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, you of all people. <laughs> That's why I need to try. I'm sorry. That's just Lavazzi. Lavazzi. I just can't. I can't. <laughs> uh, I I have concerns about him. Like I I think he was a pretty good pick uh, when they drafted him. I know a couple people that are really high on Prasida. Uh, very much like what if if uh, like Svi Mikhailuk was just like. A little bigger and a little better athlete. Um, still, like, short arms, high-waisted guy. So, like, I have a lot of questions about him defensively. I basically didn't see a single positive defensive clip, which is not good. Um, but he's a good athlete, like a really good straight-line athlete. Can get up, can block things around the square. Like, he's a six eight, like, shooting guard type. Um, you know, so the, the burst is good. The burst off the dribble is good. He's a really good standstill shooter who's like experimenting somewhat successfully with pull-ups. Uh, he's still like really young. Um, overall, I think a good draft mustache guy. So I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not worried about it. I'm not I'm not sold that he's a guy that's going to come over and make a difference for the Pistons. But uh, like certainly a good gamble. Um, I think definitely the best draft and stash prospect available at the time. So. 
Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. if you're going to stash someone, he was probably the right choice. Yeah, I didn't... I, just wondering, I want to scroll down now and see what else was available. Khalifa Diop? Um, yeah, I'm not a huge Diop guy, so there's not much more. Kamigate Ishmael, maybe yeah. maybe was a guy that would be interesting, but you already have your center rotation pretty locked down. Yeah. Yeah, Metkovic isn't a guy that I'd want, so. <laughs> the end of the draft is just international picks, left, right, and center. Oh, it always is. Everyone wants to stash, nobody wants to, yeah. to pick, so. I mean, I always got to say, well, I don't always have to say, but I'm usually kind of someone who goes for kind of like the pedigree. And if there is, with the second round pick, the opportunity to get someone who is a high, like, recruit, I kind of like going with that. So seeing Jaden Hardy go the next pick was like, eh, that would have been fun. But I think it makes more sense to stash someone away who's not going to Hardy play. made a lot of sense. Uh, when we got Ivy, Hardy, was, Hardy was good value, but, like, yeah, you don't have... A, you don't have he would have made sense for that team. He would have played the whole season with the drive. Uh, I yeah, I don't, I don't know that the and he's kind of a weird fit too because he's very much like a freelancing guard and like it just doesn't fit alongside Killian to me and it doesn't fit alongside Ivy. Anything fits alongside Cade, but like I'm not drafting him for that. So mm-hmm. he would have been a weird one, but like I I thought he was great value for the Mavs at that yeah. point. Phenomenal for the Mavs, absolutely oh. insane for them. I don't know if he'll turn out in the league, but I feel like for that value, it's and they traded for that pick too. I believe. Yes, yeah. I was I was really pissed that the Thunder took Jalen Williams out of Arkansas right before. I don't care that we already have a big man rotation. I love Jalen Williams out of Arkansas. Uh, yeah. Okay. I do you have any other takes on like the the kids at this point? No, I think we covered it. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm really excited. I guess we can we can quick go around the rest of the league. Then we're at forty five minutes. First of all, justice for Paolo, and justice for what Paolo takes. Uh, everyone kept telling me that he wasn't the first overall pick, and that like I was wrong for having him at the top of my board. And then the NBA was like, mm, "No, that's the right pick after all." I just took him. And then, uh, it's like the magic. We're like, "All right, we're done fucking around. We're actually going to take Paolo." Yeah, yeah. It, this is one of those things where it's just like this was super obvious to me that he should have been the highest value player. Like. The best or the most important skill in basketball is assist creation because it means that you can score and you can find teammates after you draw help. And Paolo is overwhelmingly the best person in this draft at that. Ivy is a like a distant second. Yeah. Uh, if that's the most valuable distance there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if that's the most valuable thing in basketball, and it is, and he's that much better at it than anyone else. Like, you have to be, like, six foot nothing in order for that yeah, to not that, be the first that, overall pick. Like, and even, the other thing is, he's six foot like, ten. He's, he's doing this as a as a power forward that's as, like, bulky and big as... as yeah, like, he's, oh, he was a freshman. He played one year. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> and he so got better. Like, just, just such an obviously number one pick to me. Uh, I, I did not think this was that close. I also didn't think Jabari Smith should have gone... Th- like one, I thought it was pretty clearly yeah. Chet and and Paolo above him. Yeah. So justice for my takes, thank you. I actually really like the way it landed out, though. Uh, the only reason I thought that Jabari was going to go first is because I thought the Magic would be like, mm, we got enough people to handle the ball. We want to get the guy who can play off. Yeah. No. Which no. you don't draft on that. And <laughs> no, I guess what surprised. you're going to have to trade Chumo Kiki. I'm sorry. I think you have to do that. You, might, you might have to. You, you, might, you can only have one offer. You might, you might have to move uh, Jonathan Isaac 
who hasn't played for you in two years. I don't know if you can move oh, on. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Like, draft the best player. If those two weren't there, this would not be a discussion. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I love Chet and OKC. I think it's I think that is like the, the best, best fit in the draft ever. <laughs> it's just it's such a perfect fit because they have the time for him to like mature, and he unlocks all these things that like they love to run. Mike Dagnall like really likes to play at pace. Chet will run. Chet will block sh- like everything. He'll cover so many things. I love that pick for OKC. Yep. And then I really liked Jabari in Houston. Jabari actually, I was very on the Paolo going to Houston just because I'm like he just seems like someone who fit in Houston. But because he's like, the best player in the draft, yeah, exactly. That's the other thing. <laughs> That's like he wasn't going to get passed through. I knew that for a fact. But yeah. uh, I was really, more, really trying to manifest it though. I was really working. <laughs> you really hard. trying to manifest it down to five, which was not about to happen. Uh, but in terms of Jabari himself, I think like you're probably about to say here, he actually makes the most sense for the Rockets of the three of them. Obviously, Paolo is going to be number one talent wise, but they already have a lot of ball handlers. And I thought I thought Chet well. would have been like really really good for them because like obviously they just they need that. I think Chet and Shangun can play together. I was saying Shangun's the one where it's like I'd rather have uh, Jabari as a fit next to him personally. But, but like I don't know how they're going to play defense around the rim because I just don't <laughs> trust Shangun there at all. Jabari is awesome defensively though. But they heard, got Tari Eason later and Jabari and Tari together is. Me, mm-hmm. like you have one that's like just the fundamentally best perimeter defender in the draft in, in Jabari, and then you have just like one of the craziest chaos engines. So you can put like you can have a guy that in the future is going to lock down their like you play the Celtics, you have a guy that's going to lock down Jason Tatum, and then another dude who's just going to fly around and eat somebody else alive. That's huge. I feel like the Rockets might have maybe had the best draft. Because they also got Ty Ty Washington in the first round. I love Ty Ty. I don't love him in, in Houston because they have 12 guards and they don't have anybody to like share touches with him. He's not the pure point guard that they could probably use, but it'll be well, interesting. They have Kevin Porter Jr. and Josh Christopher and Jalen Green, Green. And they intend to give all of them like 20 minutes a night. Like I, Ty Ty is going to get like 12 minutes. And I just like, I think he, I think that's a weird fit. Uh, but for the value, it's... Oh, I mean, they, they got him... 29? Was it? Yeah, 29. Uh, yeah, huge, great value. But weird, weird uh, fit. But yeah, I, I thought the Rockets killed it. Uh, Jabari and Tari together are awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yep. Um, I think it's been the Pistons of the Rockets is my favorite draft. Yeah, I, I think they aced it. I am really excited for the Warriors guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, getting Baldwin at 28 is an absolute steal. I, it's not even a steal because, like, Pat Baldwin... Had a horrific year. He did, but it's just like, it's the fucking Warriors. It's going to fucking work out. It doesn't matter. But it's a it's a perfect fit, a perfect development situation. And if it works out, like, you get to have, in theory, Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, uh, um, Jonathan Kuminga, uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr., and Jonathan uh, Wiseman. Wiseman, yeah. It's James. James. James, not Jonathan. Sorry. Um, I knew I'd fuck that up. Uh, James Wiseman as like your five in like 2027. Yep. That is an insane starting five, assuming that Patrick Baldwin Jr. and the rest of them like develop on decent timelines. Some might say light years ahead. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I love that fit. I really, really loved Dyson Daniels to the Pelicans. I thought that, I know you hated it because it took away. 
Dyson Daniels to the Wizards. So you got I'm Johnny okay, Davis. I'm okay with Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis is a good win. I'm okay with the trade they made today. Made it a lot more worth it. Getting Monte uh, Morris. Morris. I was about to say Williams for some reason. Getting Monte Morris for like and Will nothing. Barton. Barton, who's a great like Barton and KCP, like they make sense for both teams. Kind of the way. Yeah. Wait, I, lo- I love KCP in Denver. Things. That's a great, great oh, yeah. gift. Great. And Denver had a fun draft. Christian Brown is like just very KCP-ish uh, and will fit super well. And then if Peyton Watson hits for them, so good. If he misses, no big loss. If he hits, you don't know who Peyton Watson is. Dude. Not a damn clue. I know he plays for UCLA. He's, he's blank fit. Peyton Watson is like... He's not the UCLA guy anymore. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's uh, a long, lanky forward who has just, like, brilliant... Like, Peyton Watson's highs as a defender are as good as anybody in this draft. He's a great athlete. He's got, like, some shooting talent and some ball handling talent and was just completely frozen out of the UCLA squad. Had a terrible year. Um, you know, but there were a lot of people that were like, he should be a, like, top 10, top 15 pick. Some people who had him coming in as, like, a top 6 guy. So to get just that kind of talent around... Um, you know, around Jokic, I think is a huge win because if he's like, if anything clicks for him offensively, and and he just like matures as as a defender, like he's gonna cover so many warts for them. It's good. Like he he is such a fascinating prospect. He was number twelve. I was looking up his twenty four seven sports page. He was number twelve in the class. And the comparison they made was Justin Holiday. When I'm like, wait a minute, you just compare two UCLA guys. Like, that's a little much, but it was actually the wrong Holiday brother. That Holiday brother went to Washington. I yeah. don't remember which one was the one. It's also a weird comparison, but whatever. <laughs> also, Caleb Houston going to the Magic. Like, dude, DeVos. Like, oh, yeah. you need to let this go. <laughs> Just the addiction to Michigan players is a problem. Uh, and, like, not good value for the Magic. Um we also had uh, another Michigan State guard go to the Lakers, the last one, which was Magic. So oh, or, yeah. there might have been one in between, but he got traded or something. Like that. I, I, you can't make any Max Christie Magic comparisons. That's just that's just like, however you think you're connecting those dots, it's automatically too far. I'm not. <laughs> They're two very, 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 very different players. All right. Uh, I was going to say, is there is there anything like from the draft craziness that like really stands out on the night that you still can't believe? And for me, it's still the Usman Yang trade. I can't believe it's just the Knicks in general. Three first rounders for Usman Yang from OKC is kind of crazy to me. I did not have him that high. Uh, yeah, Presty gonna Presty. Like that's that's you, why he has all these. When picks. you have all those picks, fine. Yeah, uh, you say he, fuck he, it. He, I want this guy. He, he fits the mold, and I know that they liked Jalen Williams, and I know that the Cavs especially were very much in on Jalen Williams, so he wasn't going to slip. So if you want both, you have to go, but holy cow. Yeah. Uh, just everything with the Knicks. Everything everything Knicks that happened were, to the Knicks. The Knicks were the entertainment for the night. People say it was the Pistons, but it was the Knicks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> We yeah. just got caught up in that vortex. What, whatever the hell the Knicks All were. of that for Jalen Brunson. For, I love Jalen Brunson. This boggles my mind. I am as high on Jalen Brunson as you will ever find. I am even okay with the fact that they're wanting to pay him $25 plus million. I do not understand the fact that you have traded multiple first-round picks. Heaven and Earth. All of your second-rounders. You gave up like valid, valid assets. Good players. 
to carve out $25 million to give Jalen Brunson. Which, I have, I have had Jalen Brunson on my fantasy basketball team for the past two years. I have watched Jalen Brunson. I love him. He's a great player. Makes no goddamn sense the next. I don't, I don't understand. Like, him and RJ and Randall, like, what? <laughs> Just, the, like, one of the griftiest teams possible. <laughs> Everything about this team is a grift. Uh, it's okay. extremely New York. I will give them that. It's on brand. It's extremely on brand. Um, all right. Do you have any last takes about the draft? Or should we just let this one go? Free agency kicks off tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I believe. I could be wrong. It could be 5. I don't know. Something. Didn't they move it forward? They moved it forward from midnight to 6. Okay. Okay. That was so the I can, movie. I can get out of work before exactly, all the crazy yeah. shit starts. Okay. Yeah, six right. o'clock is when we crack open a beer and let the craziness begin. Okay. Start yeah. our four day weekend. That feels good. So the Pistons have like no real holes in the roster. We talked about it maybe at the four. I don't know if there's a great player at the four. I don't like I don't have a lot of prediction for the Pistons. Um I have not really looked through much of the like available people. I know that's not a whole not a whole lot of great free agents, to be honest. But like um, Fad Young would be kind of an interesting player if he's just willing to take eight million dollars to show up for two years. But here's the thing: I think what the Pistons should be gearing towards in this. I don't. The number itself, I'm not too concerned about. But whoever I want to get, I want to have them on a one year plus a team option, yeah, or some kind of unguaranteed. Like nothing more than two, so that I can trade off you next year. Exactly, if need be to trade off. But I would hope that it's just a one one plus one or. One in, like, a million guaranteed or something like that. Yeah. Like, Fed Young stands out. I don't think Torian Prince is a valid option. Torian Prince is already signed with the Timberwolves. Oh, he did. Good for him. Uh, <laughs> I think the Morris brothers are both available in some way or shape or form. Maybe not Marcus. Are the Pacers Marcus Marcus back? I don't know. I'm not in They the have a million spec. people there. He's not going to play four for me. Um, True. Fair. Yeah, I, play I mean, I'm looking at the list. And Bobby Portis a lot. Is that Shams guy? Shams all about. I don't. I don't think he's going to be signing for Pistons. Uh, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> he will be. Oh going boy, back. this is quite the old pair. Yeah. The, the Aldridge, Con- Millsap, Griffin, uh, Haslam, Carmelo. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, I would love Bruno Kyle Fernando. Anderson. Give me Kyle Anderson. Uh, what are you at? Oh, look at the small fans. Okay. Uh, I. Nick Batum is going to get paid, but I would I would take yeah, he's Nick staying on Batum. the Clippers. I think he might. I don't know if he's already signed, but it's pretty much known what he's going to get. I've seen that somewhere. You got a Martin twin. Is that the good one or the bad Can one? Can Juan Toscano Anderson play the four? Why is Sam Hauser on here twice? I is he really? <laughs> Look at he's one and two. Yeah, there he is. Okay, <laughs> we've split Hauser in half. Your boy right. Iggy at the bottom. Bryce Dickus, yeah, he's not playing the four for me either. Um, Okay, so yeah, I don't know if we're going to have much to talk about in free agency for the Pistons. It's well, Troy, we'll find something. There will be some crazy-ass shit going down this year in free agency because the Aiton thing has to get resolved one way or another. I don't know what's... I honestly have no idea what's going to happen with that. People are talking about the Spurs being an option, but that's not happening now. They no, traded DeJounte. They are going all in for Wendy. The one that I've heard, like the dark horse I like, is the Mavs. I don't know how, but that I could see and I could, I could see I it. I could see him on the Mavs. Can you, uh, would you do a Wiggins for Aiton swap? No. Would you manifest that? I'm manifesting that. You're manifesting that for the the Warriors. I I, I figured, but no. I'd rather have Wiggins. Maybe. Because I feel like they can just, it's like they're going to find whoever they want to put at the five. Are you you ready for Super Brain Jake? 
Oh, God. Cut the podcast off. No, no, no. You do a Carl Anthony Towns for DeAndre Ayton sign and trade. I don't know what the heck the the Wolves get out of this. Yeah, I don't know how the Wolves do it. <laughs> Unless because, Cat's just angry. Because you, I don't think you can win with Cat. And Cat they, got, they made the playoffs. Yeah. And then and Ant's I didn't be trust good Cat and... at all. Daniel so, Russell's the one they need to get off. Like, what if what if you trade Aiton for Cat and uh, um, yeah? What, there's gonna be more uh, here, and I don't know what it is. Like Cam Johnson. I still, I obviously don't do that on Timberwolves, but unless Cat's angry, which Cat doesn't seem to be angry type. I don't know. Maybe he's supposed to chill with video games. I don't know. I'm just trying to manifest things. Manifest the chaos. Let's... I am manifesting Aiton to the Mavs. That's what I want. I, I want Luca. I am the good. world's biggest Luca fan, so yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm all about <laughs> this. Okay. I'm surprised you're believing this. I don't want to manifest too hard. I haven't looked. I haven't looked too hard at it, but that's just a rumor that I saw and I like. So I like it. All right. Uh, I think that's all we have until we reconvene sometime after free agency, because yeah, maybe another mercy pod. Who knows? Troy is always up for surprises. And, and there will be a section there in that podcast about my NBA 2K team and how on their fourth season <laughs> we they will have look won for an, eight titles. We will look for a 2K update. <laughs> All right, now get me out of this sweat box down here. All right. We'll see y'all later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Today's music was made by Blank and Kit. You can find a link to their music in the description.